Blog Talk Radio.
Microphone on. All right, we're ready to rock. Here we go. This show is sponsored by CoventryCreations.com. You're listening to Keep It Magic Radio. 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 Are you ready to make some magic? Jackie and Storm are putting the pieces together for you. Find out what planets are changing the game and how to harness that energy. Get the latest metaphysical perspective on hot topics. Learn how to make magic work for you. Nothing is too hot or personal for Jackie and Storm to handle. Visit our website weekly for articles, updates, and the latest information to transform your life at www.keepitmagic.com. Now here is Jackie Smith and Storm Zestavani. And welcome to Keep It Magic. I'm Storm Sestavani, and it is currently 4 o'clock here on the East Coast, um, where Jackie and I both are on the East Coast. Well, she's kind of like in the middle. I, I don't even know what she's considered, but she's still East Coast. <laughs> I'm not East Coast, and I'm not even Midwest. I'm Eastern. That's, don't they call Detroit the Midwest? They do call it Detroit the Midwest, but I'm the Eastern Midwest. Okay. It's just silly. I'm, yeah. You know what? I'm I'm white bread. How about that? <laughs> She's in the rust bucket. You know. I'm in the rust belt, yeah. The, yeah, the rust belt. <laughs> Make sure that you cruise on over to www.coventrycreations.com, which is the sponsor of this show. Um, and... Also, uh, make sure that you cruise on over to keepitmagic.com, which is the website uh, for um, this radio show. So go check that out. Um, Jackie, I got an interesting letter um, in my email box. Um, I published a, of course, uh, this weekend, because we are now in Passover and Hag Shemach, by the way. Um, you know what that means. Um, <laughs> I taught you at Rosh Hashanah and Hanukkah <laughs> what hug Shemaic means. Um, Just happy holidays. Yeah. Um, and so I got this. So I wrote this um, a blog post on Passover, which Jackie and I are going to be discussing a little bit later on in the show. But um, so I get this letter, Jackie, and basically what the individual was um, wondering was why I seem to be anti-Christ. And I wrote back and I basically said, I'm not anti-Christ at all. In fact, I'm very, very fond of um, you know much of the body of work that is attributed um, uh, to uh, Yeshua Bar Yosef. Um, and... Uh, you know, I think that, you know, he was a pretty cool, edgy sort of guy for 2,000 years ago. Um, and, uh, and you know, the the interesting thing is that what I find is that, you know, and I find this all over the place, I get value, Jackie, from all kinds of um, thought systems, whether it be pagan or Christianity or Judaism or Hinduism or Buddhism or... Um, Lentism, you know, uh, uh, you know. So it's basically um, something that uh, I think that you know, a lot of people get very, very mixed up by messages, um, basically because they want to attach some form of belief system to messages. Yeah, at the same time that they kind of lose meaning because of the fact that they're not able to get past their idealistic bias, I guess, or biases. Okay, okay, finish your point. 
So, you know, basically, I'm not anti-Christ. <laughs> I, I mean, we've, we've talked about um, Christianity on both sides, positive mm-hmm. and negative, but, but it's more like the followers of Christianity rather than the religion mm-hmm. or the spiritual path of it. Um, so I guess that person who's listening is not really hearing us yeah. um, as we talk about the beauty within every religion. Yeah. I don't I don't feel that we've ever been I mean actually I think we've gone out of our way to make sure that we're inclusive of Christianity just just because um neither one of us are Christian. Yeah. And um we were both brought up that way. Or no, were you brought up that way? No. I was brought up that way. I was brought up Catholic. So, um but I think that's um that's interesting that, that they heard us talking about other paths. Mm-hmm. And other philosophies and other things as anti-Christian. I certainly yeah. don't feel that way. I mean, we've had show on on, on Bible stuff, so yeah. Um, and we've had Star on, who is far from anti-Christian. Oh yeah. And and speaking of which, I'm going to be on her show. Oh, interesting. In April, I think the 13th, April 13th, which oh, is a great day to be on her show. Um, so, uh, which is old style old style conjure, I think, or conjure yeah. crossroads. I forget what it is. I'm, I have to look it up. My apologies for not knowing that off the top of my head. So, so I just think that's a very silly question. It's like saying, "Well, Storm, how come you're, you know?" But you want to know what I found the most fascinating? Agnostic. Yes. Out of the whole thing, uh-huh. they had more of an issue in regards to me being anti-Christian or anti-Christ, and no mention at all of the astrology. I just found it totally fascinating. That is a. Li- or that you're gay. Yeah, I mean, it is... Uh, <laughs> or it, that it, I'm pagan. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm and married to a black man. And married to a black man. <laughs> With a black baby. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, th- I thought that... I just thought that it was very um, uh, interesting, you know, that there's... Uh, you know, Jackie and I only have... So many hours in a year that we can cover a particular topic material, and you know, eventually, um, maybe we will do this um, uh, next Christmas. But eventually, I would like to go through a lot of the stuff in regards to um, the Christ story, also being a hero's myth, Interesting. and part of the hero's journey, and go through the entire process psychologically but, with that. But only because we it's something that, that we have a passion for and not to prove a point. Yeah, exactly. Well, it is something that I have a passion for um, uh, because I think that it is one of um, uh, one of the best hero stories. You know what? To me, this, to me, this is like saying, so, Jackie, how come you're anti-white? Yeah. Just because I'm not married to a white man. It, just because I'm, we're, not, we're not touting. Well, um, you know what people are going to think automatically, don't you? What? That you're a big old size queen. That's why you're not me. That's that's why white is not right for you. <laughs> well, maybe it's the flip side of that because you know if you're a big, they say if you're a big girl, you got to go for the black man. Why? Because um, uh, usually if it's if it's a black man with a white woman, the white woman is a big girl. Oh, okay. I don't know why. I just. So I'm going to write to Tony later and say, so why are you a damn chubby chaser and, and a thin woman hater? <laughs> why are you a thin woman hater? <laughs> why are you anti-thin? Yeah, why are you anti-thin? <laughs> so that, that's just, 
God bless you for and thank you for writing to us and I'm sorry that if you feel that we're making fun of you. I just I just hope maybe we make fun of everybody, so they yeah. they, they should take that as a compliment. Relax yourself. Yeah. <laughs> they should take that as a compliment that we're making fun of them. Um the other thing that is interesting, Jackie, that I did this weekend is I went to go see the movie Oz of the Great and Powerful and I loved it. I'm waiting to take my daughter with me, and she had the the um, closing weekend of the the high school musical. Not the high school musical, but the musical, Sound of Music, at the high school. You know, I absolutely loved it. Um, we've done a lot of talk about the um, the two different versions of The Wizard of Oz at this point, from the original perspective of Dorothy, which I think is a wonderful female journey myth. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and she just offs people left and right. But go yeah. ahead. And um, <laughs> uh, we've also talked about Wicked with uh, with Dorothy. Right. Um, this one here is very, very fascinating because it is actually the male version or from the male perspective or the male point of view. And again, it is another hero's journey type of story, which I think is apropos to what we're going to be talking about later, because I think that a lot of the cures for um, much of what we're going to be discussing is, um, you know, taking up that particular path and beginning that particular journey, which is a solar journey. It has to do with your son. Um, Right, because we talked about that a couple of shows ago. Yes, exactly. um, In in The Sun Trumps Everything, Becoming Your Own Hero. Um, And I talk about... Um, it's really interesting that Oz is that is again the hero's journey. I think I'm watching people uh, right now in their lives kind of look for these things, and I think we always we're always looking mm-hmm. for these things to relate to to validate our own our own journey. But as I'm watching people, and and you and I've talked about this off air quite a bit, is that there's a hero complex that I think a lot of people walk with mm-hmm. um, that. Um, they get stuck in, they don't know how to resolve their own lives, so they try to be the hero in everything else. Yes. They try, um, and, and in a way, and I laugh because I, I always say, you know, it's much harder to be the evil villain than it is to be the hero because the evil villain's got a lot more thought process in there. they got to figure out the whole shoot and match. The hero can just come in and make a mess and go away, and nobody says boo about it. Yeah. <laughs> the, the with this one is that it it really shows uh, you know I've mentioned the book on the air before uh, he by Robert Johnson mm-hmm. um, which is a book about masculine psychology this movie perfectly describes the entire process that a male goes through um, throughout their entire life including you know feelings of inadequacy not feeling good enough um, mm-hmm. feeling uh, put to the pressures of a of an extremely social world. Um, uh, and you know, having you know, making a lot of mistakes, and then having to find, in some particular way, the ability to um, uh, to correct the mistakes. And I don't want to give away the whole movie, but um, the the thing that I found the most interesting is that every time Jackie that he has to do something, he has to use his natural talents, which was mesmerizing. Um, uh, you know, being able to um, be a bit of a cat. Um, Maybe a chama, was he? He was a little bit of a chama? 
He's a charmer. He's a cat. He's a womanizer. He's a magician. Um, uh, you know, all, all of this other Illusion. particular stuff. And he has to use those particular tools on his particular journey to move from point A to point B. The other thing here that I found the most fascinating about the movie was that in each situation, Jackie, he had to use his talents from the real world in order to solve the problems of Oz. Um, you know, down to, um, you know, super glue, which you're going to have to go and watch the movie to figure out what that's about. But it's it's a really, 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 really good movie. I think that James Franco did an amazing job um, uh, as Oz. The other thing that I like about it is that you get a rather nasty version of Glinda in Wicked. Mm-hmm. You get a... That is too good to be true and real. And what the hell is she doing, floating in a frickin' bubble, in um, uh, in The Wizard of Oz? Um, she's more humanized um, in this particular version, which um, I was a little bit more appreciative because I don't think that we've, um, uh, you know, her character has not really been all that fleshed out in a well-rounded sort of way. Well, the next version that that's going to become popular is the Glinda version of it. Probably. Where there's no Dorothy, there's no Alfaba or the Wicked Witch by any name that you may call her, and there's no, and there's no Oz, no Wizard. Yeah. And it's just her little stumbling into this whole thing and how she went from a little old girl with a wand <laughs> to yeah. being the big blonde. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, but it is a very very fascinating. We could write that story. We'd probably get into trouble. Oh. I'm sure that um, Gregory Maguire has that locked up. Um, uh, of course, you know, the thing here is, is that, you know, even if he doesn't have it locked up, he'd sue you. <laughs> so, um, uh, well, not if, not if it was Glinda the Vampire Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there you go. Oh, my God, that's hilarious. <laughs> well, you know, vampires and zombies take over Oz. I mean, this opposed. Post-Dorothy apocalyptic. <laughs> I know, that's a little creepy, though. I know, because, you know, the wizard isn't there to save them all. Yeah. And they're really going to curse Dorothy's name because Dorothy took the wizard away. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh, Ugh the fun we could have with that. Oh, yeah, the, uh, it, it, it's pretty interesting overall. And then you don't have the evil genius that is the Wicked Witch. To stop the zombies and the the vampires. There's another, in this particular movie, that there's another whole um, uh, story in regards to how, her name is Theodora in the movie, how the Wicked Witch becomes the Wicked Witch, um, uh, which is very fascinating as well. Um, and it has to do with, if anybody knows anything about psychology, Beth, I'm talking to you. Um, uh, <laughs> there is the, uh, Glinda becomes the positive anima figure for Oz, and the Wicked Witch is the negative anima figure. Um, so you have, um, in uh, Neumann's uh, uh, axis that he created in the book, um, The Origins and History of Consciousness, Jackie, he has at the top of, um, you have the good mother, the terrible mother, and then on the anima side, you have the um, the Virgin Mary and um, the siren or the, uh, the seductress. Um, and actually, the Wicked Witch falls into the siren seductress category. Interesting. Whereas Glinda is, of course, you know, the Virgin Mary. 
All I did is kind of sit on the couch and watch, you know, my ghost story on TV all weekend. That's it. <laughs> yeah. I just chilled out. I kind of, I kind of went, I kind of went dark, meaning that that there was no communication with me all weekend. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. I needed, I needed a mental health break. I don't have time for mental health breaks. You know what? Sometimes you got to make time, Mister. Yeah, I did two years of mental health breaks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm back. Well, don't you talk frequently back. about, Mister? Don't you frequently talk about restriction, finding balance? Yeah. You know, come on. Yeah, I do. Um, uh, I went to the movies for Christ's sake. I know that. Oh, there's Christ. I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> he made his appearance. <laughs> yeah, you're anti-Christ again. So. um... I think it's really exciting that you left the house to go to the movies. Yeah. I mean, it, it was a really, you know, of course I went at 2 in the morning, but, uh, you know, I, I really, well, here is the thing, Jackie. I don't know how, and, and this may just be the Virgo in my chart because I have Mercury conjunct Pluto and Virgo. Blah, blah, blah. That's all I hear. So um, I, but, girl, the whole idea of sitting in a movie theater with 200 people, some of which may not bathe properly, bothers me. Of course it does, dear. That's why you get the two-ton thing of popcorn, and that's all you can smell. Oh. Well, I don't eat popcorn. You don't have to. You just have to have it around you. I ate Slim Jims. I know. That's that's really funny to me. You won't eat the popcorn, but you'll eat the Slim Jims. Because the Slim Jims actually have a modicum of protein in them. A and modicum right now, of protein. Yeah, a modicum. You know, very small amount, but they actually have You a, might as well just bring a damn rotisserie chicken. Yeah, I, yeah, but they won't let you walk in with those. You have to buy the food that's there. Parkos, and you don't have many choices. What are for? I'm don't sure that they're going to start body checking people soon enough. Don't you know? You know it's going to be like the, P, the PSA or the TSA. You're going to have an anal probe to go into you a did, theater. You didn't learn how to sneak booze into the theater when you were in high school. I mean, no. college. No. <laughs> After you were 21. No. At that point, I wanted to actually buy the, um, you know, the popcorn and the soda. Oh. So I got bottled water and Slim Jims. So yeah, we learned how to sneak all that stuff in. Now, as as a grown up, that I am every now and again, I'll just I I go for, I want the movie theater pop. I want to pay the hundred and fifty dollars for the small popcorn and box of raisinets. I don't really care for raisinets. No, I do. You know what? Something about raisinets in movies. They just or or the junior mints. God, I love me. No, I can't do those either. Oh, mm. can't have too many of them. They'll give you a belly. Uh, yeah, but here's the thing, Jackie. I am um, hyper enough. I don't need to become hyper in a movie theater. No, I went to. There's a movie theater by me. It's um, the main movie theater, and they pop their own organic popcorn with real topping. Yeah. So and, real butter. Yeah, real. So it's not all that. So I went and got a, a big thing of popcorn from them and they've ruined me now they've really ruined me i really i I can't i'm not a fan of the regular popcorn from the theaters there it's so good yeah. over there it's ridiculous and they have organic snacks over there so well, you know what i can't wait to do this summer what the drive-in movie there's you have one out there yes there's one left in this area Yes, I want to go to one because then you can bring like your whole, uh, you know, ice chest. <laughs> you can bring your rotisserie chicken. Yeah, I can bring the 
rotisserie. <laughs> <laughs> you can bring your your chicken skin in the biscuit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I can I can bring the rotisserie. I'm a little sad. Kentucky Fried Chicken closed here. It oh, went out of business. Really? Yeah. Huh. So now you have to go to price cutters to get your chicken. <laughs> <laughs> Is that your local grocery chain? Yeah, yeah. Cutters. But I'm not really fond of their fried chicken, so you know, I just, I guess I'll just have to do without. No well, Popeyes. Well, I'm go. Hey, the thing here is, girl, is I'm going to Georgia. You are. That's right. I'm going to Georgia at the end of May. Are you driving? Yes. How and long of a drive is that? It's 20 hours. That's a long flipping drive, and you're going to stop at the rest stops? No, that's all that happens at the rest stops is sex. I, well, listen. Event, you got to refill the car, and you got to empty you, and get you new, get yourself another cup of coffee. Well, you can do that, Jackie. I'm like a Dunkin' Donuts. Well, true, true. I mean, that's what I mean by rest stops. You're going to be able to stop. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I'll be able to do that. Paneras are just so you know, as an FYI, Paneras are usually pretty awesome. Okay. They they have a um. And that's kind of, you know, I've been doing a lot of traveling, and one of my things was I can usually stop at a Panera's and get some good food, um, healthier food than the average bear. The bathrooms are clean and the whole thing, just just as an FYI. So I'm sorry, I interrupted you. So you're going to Georgia. Well, for my niece's graduation um, from kindergarten. Um, and <laughs> I'm a good uncle, what can I say? <laughs> Oh and, uh, like, that's how Jackie will get me to Coventry. She'll have Emily come, you know. <laughs> um, and uh, you know the so I'm going to go there, and but they have Popeye's fried chicken in the south, so they do. They have KFC too, and they have and they, they have, have the all you can eat KFC. They have chicken and waffles. They have what? Chicken and waffles. What the hell is that? Chicken and waffles is what it is. I don't now. I don't know about all that crazy freaky stuff. Just you'll have to try. For me. Okay, I'll try it for you. Kindergarten graduation. Yeah. What the hell is that? They now have kindergarten graduation. I don't know. It's it because it's stupid. It's, I know that it's stupid, but she's a little girl. Am I going to disappoint her now? Well, no. I'm glad you're going. I think that's huge. I think that's a lovely move. Take your sleeping pills. Yeah. And, um, I think that's an awesome move that you're going to kindergarten. Break my break my triads out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's that's great that you're getting in the car. And, and it's interesting that I will be going because at that point I will be completely selexa free. So it'll be an interesting um, uh, time. I'll keep my phone by the bed. Yeah, keep your phone by the bed. <laughs> <laughs> we have so, to take a break. We have to take a break. I'll see you on the other side. Jackie and I will be back in a flash. We'll be discussing the magic of Passover. But first, here is the theme song from Oz, the great and powerful. You're listening to Keep It Magic. There will be another chance to find a kingdom I believe 
on the right side, you will see Recent Posts, and just click on Astrological Guide to Overcoming Fear and Addiction Once and for All, and you will have in front of you everything that Jackie and I are working for for this show. So um, let's get into it. Um, what did you think, Jack? Oh, I loved it. You know I did. Yeah. I I really um, uh, enjoyed... I enjoyed how you you related the whole story um of Passover to our own journey. Mm-hmm. And um I love um I you know I don't want to give too much away cuz I know you're going to go through this stuff but yeah. um how we if we try and it's something that we talk about a lot if we try and circumvent the process of learning. Mm-hmm. Um how we slip back into the old behaviors. There is an interesting thing in um, the Zohar, and it actually has to do with Passover. And I thought I would. I'm glad that you brought that up because I wanted to talk about it on the air because it's very, very difficult to write this into text. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually wrote it, but I took it all out because I thought that it was too encumbering. I mm-hmm. mean, um, it would be easier for me to discuss it during. Um, basically, what the Zohar states is that. If you do participate in negative fears and addictions, basically what you're doing is that you're circumventing the process, Jackie, by immediately trying to go from Malkut to Bina. Um, and because of the fact that you're skipping that particular process of the other six sefirot, um, you know, in other words, you know, when you uh, let me. Uh, Say, for example, this will never happen, but say, for example, you know, you wanted to go and do some heroin. Um, that's a good example because yeah. that's something I'd never do. Yeah. It involves needles. Forget yeah. it. So, you know, it, it, it takes 13 seconds to get high from heroin, Jackie, and that's how fast that you skip the process. And it takes it takes only one injection of heroin to become addicted to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reason that you're doing it, the the reason that you're trying to find something outside of yourself to fix an inner condition or a spiritual issue is because of the fact that you're trying to get out of it in some way during that process. Now, what happens is is that over time, Zeron Pin, which is the process, hides itself in Bina. And then basically what fills up that place is the addiction and the fear, which is why it's very, very difficult and a long process when one is trying to get out of that. Because basically what happens is that when you make the choice and the decision, you know, oh, I want to quit my heroin addiction, Zeron pain comes back, but it's in a very, very infantile state. And, Jackie, what happens with children? They want it now. Mm-hmm. Well, let's back up for a second. Sure. Because you, you glossed over something that I think is, is really important. Um, is the why why do we jump into the addiction in the first place? Because we're trying to get out of an uncomfortable feeling. Growth mm-hmm. is very uncomfortable. Yeah. It is it is very painful. It is frustrating. Um we want what we want, we want it now. So um it's we re- rever- revert is what I'm trying to say to that um infantile stage of um somebody take care of me. I want the light, the divine, the whatever mm-hmm. whatever name you want to use. I want I want this to just prove that they love me and just take care of me. But but that that proof has been given a long time ago. Yes. Yeah. Just by the gift of the um the 
the, all the all the spiritual teachings, whether it's the Kabbalah and uh, you know just all the spiritual teachings is, is the proof that the divine is interested in our process, yes. in, our, in our success. So kind of going back to the other thing is is Melkut for those who don't know the Kabbalah. Melkut is is the realm that we live in. Yes, that is our earthly earthly realm. And that's our physical, tangible things, and what you call the one percent, because yes. because we're only experiencing one percent of of what there is if you include the spiritual world. Yes. Now, Bina is the mother aspect of the of, divine. Yeah. Of the divine. So Bina and Hokma are the mother and the father, and then Keter is is the ultimate divine, and the three of those together. Well, it's considered the Trinity, but mm-hmm. but also the three of those together is like our ultimate. Um, it's kind of like where we where our higher self resides, mm-hmm. where our ultimate God self resides is in that, and also um, I look at that as the keeper, the place of your Akashic records mm-hmm. of, of the three of those together. So what you have between Bina and Malkut is. Um, Bina is the, the the last step of the divine and the first step into the divine manifesting in you. So, so the rest of the sephirot, the rest of the tree of life, is the process of ingesting the divine, of 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 it becoming part of your process, part of your daily living, part of um, manifesting whatever you want. Yeah. Am I, do I have that right? Yeah, you, you have that absolutely right. Let me add just one thing to it, Jackie, because this is going to blow you away. And for um, all of the um, uh, the pagans out there that have altars to um, Lil, I won't say her full name, <laughs> um, uh, you're going to have to forgive me. <laughs> because, uh, and, and let me preface that. What I'm going to work with right now with Jackie is going to be some intense a- a imagery, okay? okay. I-, I think that in many ways that the um, uh, the the pagan concept of Lil is a little bit different. Uh, now, basically what happened, okay, What where the whole story from Passover really came from, okay, is it all goes back to Adam and Eve, okay? Adam, of course you know, and Eve, their husband and wife. After the sin of Cain and Abel, Adam leaves Eve and runs off with a she-demon named Lil for 130 years. And he has 600,000 children. Now, keep in, I want you to keep that 600,000 in mind, Jackie. Mm-hmm. Now, during... They're reincarnated again. All of these 600,000 are reincarnated again during Noah's Ark, you know, the story of Noah. They're reincarnated again for the Tower of Babel. And then there were 600,000 Israelites that left the slavery in Egypt. So that 600,000 is important. And basically what this is a code for is that the people that make the particular choice to follow a spiritual path are actually the product of Adam and Lil and not a product of Adam and Eve. Interesting. Okay. The reason being is that Adam and Eve 
had a fulfillment. Adam and Lil did not, I almost said the full name, I almost blasted myself with lightning, um, did not. Okay, so basically that there is the imagery in regards to earning that particular light of the creator that comes in there. So remember that 600,000. There is also another place in which they were reincarnated, and this is going to blow you away, Jackie. Adam reincarnates as Jacob. Eve reincarnates as Rebecca. Or Rachel, excuse me. And uh, Lil comes back as Leah. So you keep having this imagery of this, you know, three, you know, characters that keep coming up. And basically what Eve and Lil represent is Eve is the positive anima, Glenda. Um, uh, Lil is the negative anima, Wicked Witch of the West. Um, uh, for Adam. Um, so in many ways, you know, uh, this whole Passover story is about um, breaking through our particular addictions and what it is that we, uh, our fears, in order to move away from our particular slavery. Because when we fall into those, we go into immediate slavery. Now. Let's talk about that a little bit. Um Basically what you have in, in the second book of Moses, um, which is called Exodus, um, Shemot in Hebrew, um, is that you have a story of um, the descendants of Joseph who were, or, or the descendants of Jacob, excuse me, that all went into Egypt. They went down into Egypt, meaning they went down, Egypt is a co-word for chaos. Mm-hmm. They went into chaos um, and basically became a slave to that particular world, okay? Um, they were slaves for 210 years. 70 people turned into 600,000 <laughs> in 210 years. Um, and uh, basically, um, uh, it wasn't the particular type of slavery that when we think of slavery. You know, when we think of sl- slavery, our minds as Americans automatically go to, you know, 1865 South. Um, uh, you know, these people had everything, Jackie. They had uh, uh, food, water, Drugs, uh, liquor, um, uh, you know, debauchery, plenty of sex. You know, it was just like, you know, um, San Francisco on a Friday night. <laughs> you know, it, it, you know that they, they went to work, they got paid, um, you know, that they, they, they did their own things. But it is referred to as slavery. Um, why? Because when we are participating in our particular negative activities, eventually, over time, we become a slave to it. Yeah. You know, and basically it is that particular type of slavery um, uh, that is really being discussed in that particular story. So in other words, it is not necessarily being a slave to an individual or a slave to a country. It's being a slave to your own self, you know, your own negative characteristics. Right, and, and so those negative characteristics, those fears that you say, yes. what what happens is I think that to to kind of – Soothe those fears. We go to those negative loves that become yes. the addiction to 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 gentle those fears and to just soothe them a little bit and to say and placate them and yeah. Um, so so give the examples of the negative fears, Jackie, just so they. Um. Well, I don't know. Most fears are negative, but like the fear of being alone, fear of commitment, 
fear of responsibility, fear of not having, fear of being judged. Oh, holy Jesus. (laughs) Taking risks or a lack of control. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, so that those those you know, I I I, I feel my own. It's just, some of them I'm saying, I'm like, <laughs> I know. <laughs> so you know, I look at these Jackie and say, Oh my God, I may need another two years of therapy. Right, you know? <laughs> right. But I love how you talk about how um, when we get into that cycle of the negative fears and the negative loves, how we yeah. get into that cycle of the fear driving the bus and then um, those the addiction kind of smoothing over the road. Yes. You're still on the wrong damn road and in the wrong damn bus. <laughs> yeah. So you're still driving away from where you need to be. So I love how you talk about how when you get into that cycle, what you're doing is you're disconnecting from the light because yeah. the light actually can um, help you move through that. Because your ruler becomes the pharaoh, which interestingly enough, the word pharaoh, Jackie, means um, back of the neck. Interesting. Um, The Hebrew word for pharaoh means back of the neck. Um, And when you think about the classic metaphor used for addiction is that you have a monkey on your back. Well, also the back of the neck is um, where spirits attach to you most prevalently. Yes, and also, according to Kabbalah, this is going to blow you away, it's where the satan attaches to you. Yeah, uh, makes total sense because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to totally confirm that without knowing all those pieces. Mm-hmm. That is always where I find um, spirit attachments. Well, it's also when I start to, um, when I've been doing too much psychic stuff, mm-hmm. It's the back of my, you know, people would think that it may be the top of your head or something of that nature. With a, it's the back of your neck. It's always the back of my neck. And, and the back of my neck starts to hurt when I'm around um, people who are working from their negative side, working from their agenda, or having yeah. their own crap that's leading the way. Yeah, and basically, you know. We're trying one, to get something from me. <laughs> one of the things, just for people that have these particular types of energy problems, um, I Jackie has a wonderful oil that I use on the back of my neck, um, uh, which we don't have the oil anymore, but you can still get the candle. Um, Or I would suggest going to, like, Bath and Body or getting something that has a peppermint base in it. Mm -hmm. Are you Um, talking about the evil eye? No. Spirit Guide. Oh, Spirit Guide, yes. Um, is is what I use in regards to um, rooting myself back in my body and at the same time removing, because peppermint will remove the particular tension, removing that from you. But the word pharaoh, okay, means back of the neck. Now what happens is, is that when we start to trust in this pharaoh, which is the negative ego, mm-hmm. we completely become disconnected from the light at that particular point. And that's why when you – and that's kind of where that uh, – at that particular point, Zeron Pin goes and hides in Bina. Um, and, uh, you know, because she's the mother, so she's going to protect Zeron Pin, her baby. Um, Zeron Pin is the process. Process, yeah. Okay. Um, and uh, and basically what is then created is a false or a fake Xeron pin, and it's why it is so difficult to um, break negative fears, and it's so d- difficult to break negative lust because you have to begin the particular process all over again. It's true. It's true. It's true. Because <laughs> I've been experiencing that yes. and, and breaking my negative process. 
and and going through that. I mean, just a lot of work that I did around uh, Yom Kippur, Rosh Hashanah, mm-hmm. all that stuff lasted for a couple of months, and then I hit a bump in the road, and it has been like I've been crawling along trying to get back up. You know, but the, the thing that, and, and I will say, I have been guilty of this so many times, Jackie. I mean, what I'm about to say, girl, I'm like the expert on this, so you all listen closely. Uh, what, what I don't get, okay, is why... As spiritual individuals, we know that as long as we stay connected to the light, we're going to get everything that it is that we want. Mm -hmm. But still, these little icky, little nasty things start kind of uh, uh, pouring in. And it's kind of like, you know, uh, for me, it's almost like at that moment that you forget that there is a light. Yes. Or you choose not to believe that the light exists anymore, and then you go into kind of instant gratification mode. Well, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you when it happens, if I may. Sure. Because when you look back at the light, you also are you reflected yourself is reflected back, good and bad, all your stuff, all your junk, yeah, is right there in the light with you, where um the pharaoh or or your addiction says, "Oh, you're so pretty, yeah <laughs> don't don't look at that bad stuff, just look at the pretty." Yeah, and and it's why, you know, I get, you know, one of the things that I want to explain next is a little bit more about Bina. Um, I wrote about it in the blog. I think that the New Age movement that has gotten a little bit involved in Kabbalah has really tried to paint the picture of Bina in a wrong way. They paint, you know, when you start to read people talk about Bina, it's like I wrote in in the the article, a combination of Claire Huxtable and Carol Brady. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the perfect little dutiful mom, you know, that's just going to, you know, that's running around. Um, Bina is also the mother that has to correct, the mother that has to discipline her particular child. Yeah, it's interesting that that you say that that a lot of the New Agers – um, give Bina that that mm-hmm. perfect um, um, leave it to be her mother. Yeah. Picture. I have never experienced that in in any of the stuff that I've read or 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 have. How many thought. how many books on the tree of life have you read? Two. Oh. But but I I'm just let me finish this yeah. story real quick. I always pick up on the hard, hard aspect of it, and be not. I, I always like read about the coldness, the darkness, mm-hmm. etc. And it wasn't until I think this last year when you were mentioning the the the, the pretty, pretty part, the pretty, pretty Bina, mm-hmm. and I go, I don't know what you're talking about. So I started rereading what I had read and looking at some of the notes, and I couldn't see the happy, happy part. Yeah. They were there, but I just I. I did not take that away at all. Well, you have an issue with the word mother, period. So. <laughs> you think? <laughs> <laughs> um, also, it is Bina that is the, it, she is on the side of the tree, which is called severity, mm-hmm. which is the side of the tree where that is the effect side or the karmic side of the particular tree. Now, in astrology, um, we have a planet for it, and it's called Saturn. Everybody start running. (laughs) Um, Saturn is a really interesting planet. Most people, if you um, look at anybody that's an astrologer, 
um, you will see that whenever there is a Saturn aspect that they'll start talking about, you know, oh, this is going to be dreadful and all of this other stuff. And, you know, I'm going to be so limited and Saturn is going over my Venus and I know that I'm going to have anxiety in my relationship and my relationship is going to end. And, you know, there is just this normal, you know, this, excuse me, abnormal um, type of fear around it. And the interesting thing is that Saturn itself, Jackie, is the structure-building planet. If we didn't have it, we would be in chaos land with 50 million serial killers and cannibals. <laughs> now, I think a lot of people resist that. They just want the, they want to be the free spirit. Well, they but, want to be Jupiter with the dash of Neptune. Right, and I never saw Saturn that way. I was always, you know, people talked about their Saturn return but again, you know, you you hear what you're going to hear. To me, every time talk to, people talked about their Saturn return, this is when they started coming into their power and understanding their life and mm-hmm. and letting and shedding old beliefs. And I'm like, I I want my Saturn return. When's my Saturn return? And of course, you know, my Saturn return came, and I I became a mother. So there you go. But you see, I think that what happens with a lot of people is because of the fact that you know Saturn is rules and responsibilities and um, having to build some form of structure in life. He represents that particular process that you eventually have to go through. So therefore, I think that that's what, you know, people in general want to bypass that particular process. And it is why I think that that we're such an addicted, uh, you know, um, culture at this particular time. Um, and, of course, you know, the the story that I focus on with Saturn in um, the blog has to do more with Saturn's fears, you know, that he's afraid of losing his uh, kingship, you know, being the king of the gods. And, of course, he starts eating and swallowing his kids and all this other stuff. And, um, uh, you know, um, Bina in her form as Rhea, <laughs> you know, the positive side, you know, then says, oh, this is not right. <laughs> you know, and she basically tricks him and of course you know he ends up uh, 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 you know uh, cast out and uh, things of that nature um, but he represents um, our negative fears and each sign of the zodiac has a particular negative fear that is attached to it and you know you know so if you have your astrology chart um, you can follow it if not you can go to my webpage at stormsestivani.com you'll see an astrology tab Click on that, and then you'll see free astrology chart, and you can calculate your own um, horoscope on my page. Um, so let, let's go through these, Jackie. Let's do it. Um, and then we're going to take a break, and then Jackie and I will be back with the moon. Um, I'll start with Jackie's because it's first. <laughs> <laughs> Saturn and Aries. Um it is the fear of being overpowered by the will of others. Aries is a sign that has to do with um, going out into the world and achieving something and conquering and victory. And the last thing that somebody with Saturn in, in or the thing that Saturn in Aries is going to feel the most is going to be those individuals that are obstructing the individual from going out and getting what it is that they want. <laughs> yep. I, I did not understand this. I did not connect with this, and then I started really thinking about this. Here's the thing that um, that when you're looking at your own astrology, you have to actually step away from yourself, yeah. step outside of yourself and say, all right, what do I need to really see? And and um, I that fear of being overpowered by others, mm-hmm. I started my own business for pity's sake. Yeah. 
I um I I mean, come on, I became the boss. Yeah. <laughs> so and and I not only that, I looked to to create my own um my own um systems and structures. Yeah. So it's it's kind of right there. Um, I'm like, well, I'm going to take their class. No, I don't want to take their class because I don't want their system or structure to interfere with what I've already done, what I've already yeah. learning and creating. Yeah, it's like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, Saturn and Taurus fears change. Um, uh, Taurus is a very, very structured sign, so Saturn in there. Um, automatically, you know, Taurus is going to be very um, worried about change at a constant level, and the uh, uh, and it's a little bit too chaotic, basically, for the sign of um, uh, Taurus to handle. Taurus has to deal with life. The sign opposite of Taurus has to deal with death, um, and Taurus does not like that rebirthing process um, that goes on um, over over time. So Saturn and Taurus is fear of change. Saturn in Gemini is fear of the irrational, which may ruin plans, ideas, or concepts. Um, Gemini likes to think, and they like to think that they know everything. <laughs> um, and they like to think in an in a um, intellectual sort of way. So it is not it's not um, uh, thoughts based upon emotions or thoughts based upon what it is that we uh, need to, you know, we need to do or accomplish. And it's not thoughts based upon inspiration. It is just thoughts based upon thoughts. Um, so when the irrational starts to come in, Saturn and Gemini will just freak out. Um, Saturn and Cancer, fear of abandonment. Cancer, of course, is a sign that has to do with family and emotional connection. So what are they going to fear? Disconnection. Um, Saturn and Leo, fear of being ordinary and unimportant. <laughs> I love that. You know, the sign of Leo, you know, their greatest creation is themselves. Um, and, you know, Jackie, how frustrating would it be without, thank God I don't have Saturn. Imagine how messed up I would be if Saturn was in, <laughs> in Leo with my son. Um, uh, but it's always that feeling and gnawing um, uh uh, process of of not being good enough. Um, Saturn and Virgo is fear of disorder. I think that that's self-explanatory, considering that they all have, you know, Mister Clean wipes in their house. Um, Saturn and Libra fear of being selfish, which will lead to rejection by others. Um, Libra has to be involved with others, Jackie. Um, uh, and so basically what they will often do is sacrifice. You know, we both have Libra, Libra rising. They will often sacrifice what is the best for them for the other. And the root of that is if they appear to be selfish, people may reject them. Um, Saturn in Scorpio is fear of betrayal, humiliation, and being controlled. Yeah. Um, Scorpio um, uh, is a very, very instinctual sign that has to do a lot with survival. So, of course, you can see, um, you know, being humiliated, being betrayed, um, uh, you know, will definitely um, influence them. Um, Saturn and Sagittarius, fear of having no meaning beyond the physical world, because, of course, they're all little gods. Mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, uh, Sagittarius is the sign that has to do with belief and it has to do with connection to um, some form of an ideology. Um, 
so, uh, you know, if you, when you put Saturn in Sagittarius, there's this gnawing feeling that, why am I setting all this stuff anyways? It doesn't really mean anything. Mm-hmm. Saturn in Capricorn, fear of chaos when rules are not followed or adhered to. Um, uh, Capricorn is a very, very structured sign, and it has to do a lot with society. Um, so uh, when Saturn is in Capricorn, oftentimes the individual will will feel that if things are not done in the price in in a particular order, and that there's any form of disruption in that, um, it will kind of throw them off. Um, Saturn in Aquarius fears isolation and social rejection. Um, Aquarius has to deal with the group conscience. conscience. Um, uh, Saturn in Aquarius, of course, fears that if they have kind of like a conscience of their own, that they will end up isolated and, of course, socially rejected as a result of it. A.K.A. cheerleaders. Yeah. Um, Saturn in Pisces, um, uh, fear of losing one's own identity. In other words, um, uh, Pisces has to do with the dustbin of the zodiac. You know, it's where all the, um, the creative impulses, but also where all the garbage goes to. And if, you know, what they fear the most, Jackie, is being sucked into that particular vortex mm-hmm. um, of no longer being an individual lie. <laughs> so, there's your Saturns. Um, Jackie and I are going to take a quick break. Um, we're going to cheer it up a little with a little bit of uh, Mandisa. Um, so, you're listening to Keep It Magic. Don't touch that dial.
www.coventrycreations.com Again, that's www.coventrycreations.com where you can also schedule a reading with Jackie Smith to reach me off of the air. Of course, go to www.stormsestivani.com Jackie, one thing that I want to talk about before we get into the negative um, love. Mm -hmm. Um, What do you suggest magically people do to help them get back into their bodies and get rid of these negative fears? First of all, um, get a reading with you <laughs> or with me. Yeah. Just to just to kind of help you um, um, start the process. Mm-hmm. But but if you're going to look at using a candle and meditation and some positive affirmations to do all that, um, we know that fears are are um, a feeling of disconnection, a feeling of um, fears are are an extra thing that yeah. is driving the bus. So doing things like uncrossing or or spiritual cleansing, um, doing um, banishing, um, those types of things, and repeating that over and over again uh, while the candle is burning, saying I'm letting go of, I actually, I surrender, which is one of my big things. I mean, I may be talking about surrendering for quite a bit. It's a very profound thing. Mm-hmm. I surrender. I surrender my ability to control this sphere or to own this sphere or to manage the sphere. I surrender this um, back to the divine. So really working with those things and lifting yourself up. But the other thing about this sphere, it's very, it's a mental thing. It is a very mental thing. So I would absolutely bring in Vision Quest um, as as uh, being able to see it, see through your own blocks. See through that mirror that the fear puts up going, oh, I'm not here, <laughs> the way we trick ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, the evil eye, no, I'm sorry, not the evil eye, the eye of Newt from the um, hoodoo, excuse me, the where am I? From the witch's brew line, <laughs> the eye of Newt candle, and that dispels that negativity. So you've fears will put you under its own spell, so being able to see all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's how I would go to start this process. I would also, after they um, have addressed the issues of 
what it is that they fear. And one of the things that I would suggest that people do is get out a little bit of a journal or something. And, you know, you can go to the blog, and if you have Saturn and Aries, you can write down, you know, fear of being overpowered by the will of others. And then start to basically, you know, maybe like that vision quest so that you can become open, basically, to the particular process of how do you necessarily feel overpowered by others, where in your life, because it will sneak in in areas that you don't even realize. Um, This is is a great starting point to dig into new new areas of your life, new concepts, because what this does is it, like, takes you four steps deeper. Yes. Yes, and you know, you know, the the reason I gave the grid is basically so that people have a jumping off point where that they can begin to um, to start. You know, somebody that has Saturn and Taurus, what do you fear changing? Getting to the roots of what it is that you fear is going to change will help you to be able to come out of. It. I know I've been doing it for two years. Um, uh, uh, you know, will help you to be able to come out of it. And then after you're done with the process and you've you know journaled on it and you've uh, you know done your vision quest and your other. Um, candles along with that. I would then do, because you're recreating now um, the new Xeron pin or the new process, I would then burn fiery wall. Yep. Because it's so easy just to go back into those particular fears. And I would specifically, on fiery wall of protection, um, if you get them from Coventry, um, there's a little label. I would write on there and be very, very specific about needing to be protected from these particular fears. Um, that are going on in your life. Right. Surrendering them, asking for protection from them, and then understanding how they affected your life, how they changed your perspective on things with the Vision Quest candle. Yes, because I I think that one of the most powerful moments, even though, you know, when I do this chapter, I usually want to throw up. Mm -hmm. Um, But one of the most powerful spiritual moments that I have is when I realize, and, you know, we talked about this um, uh, during Rosh Hashanah, how much little it is that we actually settle for by being controlled by things. Mm -hmm. Um, The next thing we're going to discuss is addictions. Um, And addictions in the horoscope. Um, has to do with the moon a lot. Uh, have a lot to do with the moon. Of course, it also has to do a little bit with Neptune. But um, uh, the reason that I think, and this is just my logical, uh, you know, astrological mind, is that the moon has to do with sustenance. Um, it's the food that we need in order to survive. Interesting. And um, I feel that in many ways, our particular negative loves, Jackie is a type of sustenance that we need in order to survive. Um, it's corrupted, but it's still um, uh, uh, something that's there. Now, Moon and Aries um, loves victory and loves competition. We'll do anything, Jackie, to uh, to get that adrenaline going and, uh, uh, you know, we'll, we'll compete until they have one tooth left. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, or compete in a negative way too. Uh, yes, exactly, and it, it doesn't even matter. Um, uh, uh, you know, just so they win, that's all that matters. To them. <laughs> right. Um, My life is more miserable than yours. See? Yes. Yes. Um, uh, Moon and Taurus, physical pleasures, food, shopping, money. Um, that's self-explanatory. Um, Moon and Gemini, addicted to being right in the one true authority. They have to know it all. Um, you know, and they're addicted to that particular knowledge. And when you see these people, Jackie, when you run across them, you know, they will be the ones that will argue down a, a point even though that they're wrong. 
<laughs> they will argue and argue. Uh, moon and Cancer, codependency and people-pleasing. Again, Cancer has to do with family and emotional connections. Um, moon in Leo, addicted to being the center of attention and approval. Um, uh, Leo, like Capricorn, um, are very um, father-oriented signs. Um, so with them being father-oriented signs, there's usually an issue in regards to winning the approval of the father in some way. So we will get to Capricorn in a, in a moment also. Um, moon in Virgo, obsessions cleanliness, ritualistic behavior. This person will have a ritual when they don't even need a ritual. <laughs> and their rituals, Jackie, is, oh, my God, I have to get up at 7 o'clock. If it's 7 or 3, you know, I'm in, you know, deep, you know my whole day is messed up. So you're saying OCD. Yeah, it's, it's a very um, obsessive, um, uh, uh, you know, th they need that order in their particular life. That's their food. That's what they're eating. And when, uh, you know, they, they will attempt to go to any lengths to get that in their particular life. Uh, Moon and Libra, relationships, harmony, and balance. I know nothing about that. Nothing. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, Miss Moon and Libra. Um, Moon and Libra is, is it's interesting because of the fact that um, they need people around them mm -hmm. in order for them to feel fulfilled, okay? Often as a result of that, they can get into some really freaky stuff um, um, as a result of it. Um, Except all my secrets. Yeah. Moon and Scorpio, <laughs> emotional intensity and controlling behavior. Um, Moon and Scorpio will be emotionally intense just for the purpose of being emotionally intense. Um, uh you know, because the sign has to do with survival. Um, uh, you know, there as long as there's emotional intensity, there's life, there's living in things. The blood is going, but that adrenaline, Jackie, can is a, a severe uh, type of uh, addiction. Um, uh, Moon and Sagittarius, adventure and excitement. You know, these ones here you can't even pin down. You know, if they're not at Six Flags every day, they're uh, you know a mess. Um, uh, uh, moon and Capricorn work, social standing, and position approval. Now, both of the two major men in your life have this moon. <laughs> and what do they both do? Workaholics, worse than me. <laughs> and the reason that they're doing it is because they're seeking outside approval. Mm -hmm. um, moon and Aquarius, they're addicted to freedom, friends, groups, ideas such as conspiracies and politics. Um, uh, they love a conspiracy, even if the conspiracy is nuts. Um, uh, and they feed off of it as well. It's a, it's a very um, uh, uh, the roots of it have to do with um, if you're attached too much to reality, you're not free. Um, so they will get addicted to these things that uh, prevent that. Moon and Pisces, drugs, alcohol, religion, people pleasing. <laughs> Um, uh, you know, Pisces has such a quest for the thirst of the spirit, Jackie, that unfortunately it can get, when it's corrupted, it can get involved in some very negative uh, stuff as a result of that. Hmm. Now, what is your magical su suggestions having to do with addictions? Well, let's talk about this for for a hot second because sure. it's, it's um, let's take it to a new depth uh -huh. where where what addictions are, is um, they're a source of a, a tiny, minute source of the light. You get a little charge out of it. You get uh -huh. validation. Um, you get momentary the, light. Yeah, momentary light. You get the illusion of fulfillment. 
and and that there's that illusion of fulfillment. So um, and that and it and it cycles you in. Yeah. So what when I have when I'm working with somebody who has a hook from someone else into them or they're hooked into someone else, what I do with them is is we don't just remove the hook or cut the hook off because it grows back because it's the habit, yeah. right? Yeah. Because this is where I got sustenance and positive reinforcement or, or that energy, negative or positive, that I've gotten in the past. So what we do is we, we do a visualization where we're taking that hook and we're putting it into the earth uh-huh. where it gets all kinds of amazing energy and sustenance and empowerment. And, and it's a trick, uh-huh. In many ways, because you're tricking that that need into getting it from a greater source that will actually heal at the same time. So when I look at this, and when I look at addiction, is um, well, there's that surrender, and that's the, there's the fear aspect of, which uh-huh. is kind of like the core of the addiction, uh-huh. and then the actual active part of the addiction is is the habit. Yes. So how do we trick our habits? How do we trick our habits? By giving them something better Uh than what they had before. So we're forming new spiritual habits. I think we have spiritual habits as well as we have physical and emotional habits. We have spiritual ones. So when I look at that, if we just say, that's it, I'm not... I'm not smoking anymore, or I'm not swearing anymore, or I'm not... The, the first thing you do is you want that thing. So, yeah. So how about you give it a lot? So I would do things like the crown of glory, success, male energy is the sun, um, things a fiery will, fiery will, fire energy and will, um, even emotional balance. Give it a whole bunch, uh-huh. a whole bunch of positive influx. Give it... Um, Give it the um the uh if if your addiction is about approval, give yourself the love's enchantment or uh-huh. the um or the love spell. So give it exactly what you want. You know, my moon is my moon is in Libra, so relationships, harmony and balance. I'm gonna give myself a whole bunch of tranquility. So yeah. give yourself the real aspect of it. The real the real the taste of the real chocolate and you'll never go back to Hershey's. Yeah. <laughs> um the healthy stuff. So so start start doing it. Start feeding it that divine energy. Um you know, even the the affirmations angel candle or the affirmations goddess candle to to give you um that divine influx. What do you think about that idea? I I I think it's great because I think that the um the thing here that we have to do is that a lot of people will begin to look at things in a one-sided sort of way. The moon is not a bad planet. No. Um, you need the moon. You know, it gives you your empathy. It gives you your emotions. It gives you uh, your um, uh, ability to um, take care of yourselves in a very, very basic sort of way. You cannot do the sun without the moon. Right. And so so if my moon is, is in Virgo. I'm no, sorry, your moon Libra. is in Libra. I'm sorry, yeah. I read. I, I, my sun is in Virgo. My moon is in Libra. Yes. And so relationships feed me. Yes. Um, that that finding that harmony, that that happy, happy, joy, joy moment, where everyone's like singing the 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 Coke song. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and um, 
that that that's what it that's what feeds me. That's when you and I have a conversation and we think and and you bring something new to the table and I bring something new to the table and we both go, "Aha, that sustains me for months." Yeah. So, what do I need to do for myself? I need to make sure that I'm getting the real stuff and not um and not just going and helping people and and having the I call it the helium hand and volunteering for everything to make everybody's life easier. Yeah. Um so so that so give myself the real stuff which is give my find my own tranquility. Yes. Um so if you are again looking at the moon in Aries victory and competition finding that crown of glory finding your own self-worth your own I am successful just by waking up in the morning. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing or the moon in Taurus the physical pleasures then that's when you want to use maybe the lover pan candle or the um, the earth candle. Get really visceral and tangible on it. Uh-huh. Or the spellcaster candle where you can feel how you can create what you need in your life, that kind of thing. So so you're doing it from, from a, a higher sense, a more divine sense, rather than trying to, to me, the negative loves is when you start pulling it from other people, pulling it from outside of yourself yeah. rather than from finding it within. Yes. Yeah. That's my thought process on on that negative. For example, one of the things that that I do, Jackie, and it's just um, you know for me to handle the workaholism, mm-hmm. um, uh, is that if it's not fun for me, I'm not going to do it. Right. Good. You know, in other words, that the work that I do has to be fun for me and something that I enjoy, and not just drudgery because I'm seeking the approval of other people. Mm-hmm. And 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 right, and that's actually some of the work that you did around that uh-huh. was um, doing a lot of clearing, a lot of banishing, uncrossing on those fears, uh-huh. and then bringing in um, a, some self-esteem and saying, "What do I? What do I love to do? What do I really love to do? What's divine in my life?" Yes. Um, what can I be a hero to myself on? Yes. And it's why, you know, one of the things that, you know, I've had people that uh, have written to me and they're like, oh, my God, the stuff that you're writing now is so edgy and uh, and, and provocative and, and all of this other stuff. This is the stuff I want to write about. You know, I was writing about stuff that I didn't want to write about for a long time. <laughs> because you thought that that's what, yeah. that what, was what would, would um, make people like you. Yeah. <laughs> and I love that you're, I love that you're not doing this. And, and it's interesting because, I'm finding my own balance um, through the fears, through those negative fears and the negative loves by embracing the wisdom of others that have that have figured stuff out before me and going, oh, I don't have to figure this all out myself. I'm, I'm literally going through that right now with learning new business techniques and stuff. I mean, it got myself, I dug myself into a hole thinking that I had to know absolutely everything there was about being in business. Yeah. And I could not look outside of myself because that would make me less than. Yeah. Literally that was the thought process. So I'm embracing a really a management technique defined by someone else. <gasps> and not only someone else, someone else who is within my sphere of influence <gasps> and who's from Michigan. And younger than me. <laughs> it is a uh, it is it is really difficult being in the forties because uh, you know, my um yeah. Blogging mentors in his twenties. Um, uh, my business coaches in their thirties. 
I know. I know. You know, so it is uh, it is pretty interesting, but I think even being open to um, uh, these particular ideas and just not, you know, pushing them because, you know, um, uh, you know, they're 10 or 20 years younger than me is just ridiculous. Well, um, we, we all know that we're, we're um, Gen Y is becoming more um, more powerful with their dollars than, yes. than the baby boomers. Yes. So, so good thing you got some Gen Wires. Yeah, exactly. Um, and we're done. I know it always goes so fast, especially when we're just getting into it. Yeah. <laughs> so everybody, cruise on over to www.coventrycreations.com. Again, that's www.coventrycreations.com. If you have a problem in your life. Uh, no matter what that problem is, we have a candle for that. Um, and uh, Jackie, have a happy Easter. You too. I guess that is this weekend. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hot huh. <laughs> You have a great Passover. I will. I will. I'm going to pass over everything. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and Jackie and I, of course, will be back next week at Tuesday um, at 4 p.m. And in the meantime, what do they need to do, Jackie? They need to keep it magic. feels perfect, other days it just ain't working, the good, the bad, the right, the wrong, and everything in between, so it's crazy, amazing, we can turn our hearts through the words we say, mountains crumble with every syllable, hope can live or die, so speak Raise your thoughts a little higher. 